Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late-night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Friday, September 22nd. Coming up, higher inflation has eaten up the value of pension payments for thousands of retired teachers, first responders, and other public employees in Kansas. But the Kansas legislature hasn't provided a cost of living adjustment in decades. So that means then 90% of retirees and the beneficiaries uh, have not received any cost of living adjustment. We'll hear why advocates are calling for a boost in retirement pay for the oldest retirees and why Kansas lawmakers have resisted them. Plus, last year, federally subsidized crop insurance covered $19 billion in claims, the largest amount ever. Climate change is fueling higher costs, but the federal program hasn't required farmers to change. So you're encouraging farmers to plant in these high-risk areas like floodplains that are going to result in more, more loss. We'll look at the future of crop insurance as it comes up for renewal this year. But first, some headlines. Sunrise Movement KC, an activist group that wants Kansas City to take political action on climate change, rallied outside City Hall yesterday afternoon to demand a better bus system. The group supported the region's Climate Protection and Resiliency Plan, which found that car and transit emissions are the leading cause of pollution in the metro. Organizer Raymond Forstadter says Sunrise Movement will continue to take action until a change is made. We want city council to understand that this is an urgent priority for the city and not just for facing the climate crisis in the future, but the reality that we face today. The group wants the Kansas City Council to work with the Area Transit Authority to make buses faster and more reliable and include electric buses in its fleet. Kansas City hospital leaders say more people are seeking employment in health care again, a welcome change after many fled the field during the pandemic. KCUR's Noah Taborda reports. Staff at Olathe Health continued to rely on contract workers to fill vital roles left vacant by employees who left the field amid pandemic pressures. Elizabeth Long is the chief medical officer for the hospital. She says contract workers fill urgent needs but are expensive. I think that continues to be a, a problem wanting to attract the, the best talent that we possibly can. But I do feel like the curve is bending a little bit on that as far as employed instead of contracted help. The renewed optimism comes as COVID hospitalizations spike across the Kansas City metro. Meanwhile, more hospital employees are out sick with COVID-19 as numbers trend up in the area. At Liberty Hospital, 25 employees have tested positive since the beginning of the month. This comes as COVID hospitalizations have risen more than 42 percent in Jackson County in the past week. Chakshu Gupta is the chief medical officer for Liberty Hospital. He says the facility is taking steps to minimize transmission but will not require masking at this time. If you are sick or exposed, and of course, uh, I think it's a good idea if you have a sick patient and elderly patient with comorbidities, we certainly encourage masking uh, there as well. Gupta says the recently approved new COVID vaccine will provide needed protection for staff. We'll be back after this. 
You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Thousands of retired teachers, state employees, and first responders in Kansas have never received a cost-of-living adjustment to their pension payments. That means higher inflation in recent years is eating away at the value of their monthly retirement pay. Dylan Lyson of the Kansas News Service reports one proposal could change that. More than 100,000 people receive pension payments from the Kansas Public Employee Retirement System, also known as CAPERS. I met one of them at her senior independent living facility in Wichita. She showed me around the dining area with dozens of tables where she meets her friends and enjoys root beer floats. Several afternoons, they have a little get-together. Janet Greer, who is now 85, retired in 2000 after teaching as an elementary reading specialist in Wichita Public Schools for more than 20 years. After those years of work, she had earned a state pension payment totaling $16,000 a year. That is not a lot to live on, but I'm making it. But Greer's pay has never changed. If it grew with inflation, she would be making nearly double that amount today. Greer says she can still afford to live in her retirement home thanks to the pension and other savings from selling her house. But if she needed more support, like a nursing home, she would be in financial trouble. If I fall and break something, uh, my money would be gone in probably a year. Cost of living adjustments, or COLAs, are meant to counteract pension payments shrinking because of inflation. But the Kansas legislature hasn't offered one to the state's retired employees in decades. Alan Conroy, the executive director for CAPERS, told lawmakers this year that the legislature enacted 16 permanent payment increases since 1961. But the most recent was in 1998. So that means then 90% of retirees and their beneficiaries uh, have not received any cost of living adjustment. The Kansas Coalition of Public Retirees wants those adjustments. The group's current proposal would provide a maximum increase of 5% to the pensions, also known as defined benefit plans. It would cap increases for each person to a maximum of $200 a month. That plan could cost the state up to $263 million annually. But Ernie Claudell, the chair for the group, says despite a $2 billion budget surplus, state lawmakers aren't interested. The two excuses that have been come up with by the majority over the years is either one, we can't afford it, or two, defined benefits don't have a COLA, and that's not accurate. Other states provide pension raises without problems. Most states provide COLAs automatically. But even among the handful of states that require legislative action to do it, Kansas is behind. Alex Brown is a researcher for the National Association of State Retirement Administrators. Kansas uh, is among the lands that have gone the longest time without providing a COLA. But even other states with adjustment droughts like Kansas are taking action. Pennsylvania, for example, last enacted a COLA in 2001. 
WTAJ in Pennsylvania reports that lawmakers there are considering one now. They would provide the first cost of living adjustment, or COLA, in over two decades. For Still, an adjustment in Kansas does not appear to be on the horizon. Republican Representative Nick Hoheisel is the chair for the House Financial Institutions and Pensions Committee. He says the price tag may be too much, and Republican lawmakers want to address inflation by cutting taxes. Lawmakers earlier this year proposed slashing all taxes on retirement income, including Social Security and 401ks for private business employees. But Democratic Governor Laura Kelly vetoed that bill because it included other tax cuts she opposes, like a flat income tax rate. Hoheisel says that plan would have provided relief for all retirees in Kansas, not just those on capers. So we understand, you know, folks on fixed income, retirees, inflation hurts them the most. Hoheisel says if lawmakers do provide a raise soon, capers retirees will expect them regularly. And that increases the state's costs even more. But Hoheisel won't close the door on a pension payment boost. He says his committee will continue to hear arguments when the legislative session starts in January. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Dylan Lyson in Wichita. KCUR's Kansas News Service reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. Find more at ksnewsservice.org. Farming is risky. Success depends on the weather, but the weather is getting more extreme. Taxpayers help protect farmers with federally subsidized crop insurance, a program that's up for renewal this year. And climate change is making it much more expensive. Harvest Public Media's Frank Morris reports some argue subsidized crop insurance is shielding farmers too much. Droughts like the one that destroyed much of this year's Kansas wheat crop are tough on farmers. A drenching rain came too late to save John Thamer's crop. But a federal program softened the blow. Thankfully, I've got crop insurance, which will help. Hey, thank goodness for crop insurance. Crop insurance doesn't make you money. It keeps you in business to plant again next year. It's a beautiful thing. Taxpayers pick up most of the bill for this protection. The government pays roughly 60 cents on the dollar for crop insurance premiums and then shells out hefty subsidies directly to the insurance companies involved on top of that. Jennifer Ift, an agricultural economist at Kansas State University, says the program keeps growing bigger and more important. Crop insurance is a foundation of the federal farm safety net. And that's language that is commonly used. If it says crop insurance guarantees farm income, which means banks get paid, farm towns stay afloat, and U.S. farmers continue growing lots of food year after year. Crop insurance is up for renewal this year as part of the Farm Bill being debated this month. Congress has expanded and sweetened the program in the last few farm bills. It now covers over 100 crops. Corn, soybeans, cotton, and wheat are the big ones. Last year, it insured more than 490 million acres. Taxpayers pony up about $9 billion in a typical year. And that number is rising, according to Steve Morris, a director in the U.S. Government Accountability Office. And, and part of that is just because of the scale and, and size of the program. You're having more producers sign up, et cetera. The latest cost were, you know, upwards of $15 billion or so. So it's, you know, it's a very large program and it's getting bigger. Last year, insurance companies paid out more than $19 billion to cover crop losses. That's a record. Drought caused most of the damage. And Noah Diffenbaugh, a climate scientist at Stanford, says droughts are likely to keep getting worse. The probabilities of extreme events, both events that are as severe as what we've experienced historically, as well as events that are more extreme than what we've experienced historically, 
those are changing. Diffenbaugh figures that in a severe drought like last year, climate change causes about half the losses covered by crop insurance. And Scheckinger, senior analyst at the Environmental Working Group, says that by shielding farmers from some of that, crop insurance encourages risk-taking because farmers are playing partly with house money. Right now, high-risk land is subsidized at the same rate as regular, perfectly productive farmland. So you're encouraging farmers to plant in these high-risk areas like floodplains that are going to result in more more loss over time. Many private sector insurance companies are pulling out of disaster-prone regions, even whole states, to cut their exposure to climate change. Meanwhile, Scheckinger says subsidized crop insurance covers the biggest cash crops no matter where they're planted. So... It is totally opposite from what most insurance industries are doing right now with climate change because the federal government is still choosing to fund the crop insurance program even though there are you know huge losses because of climate change and taxpayers are still left to, to subsidize these losses. Schechinger says Congress should tailor the crop insurance program to reward greener farming practices, encourage farmers to retire marginal land, for instance, or use less fertilizer. But federally subsidized crop insurance is bedrock farm policy. And many farm state legislators want to use the current farm bill to keep crop insurance growing. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Frank Morris. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including KCUR. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Dylan's story on cost of living adjustments and Frank's story on crop insurance, visit KCUR.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. On Monday, we'll get a rundown on what exactly is happening with Evergy's electricity rates in Missouri. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Hollywood writers are obsessed with the concept of an asteroid heading towards Earth and destroying civilization. But is this something we really should be worried about? I'm Kate the Chemist, and on my podcast, Seeking a Scientist, we meet the mastermind behind a real-life mission to divert the path of an asteroid. Subscribe to Seeking a Scientist, made possible by the Starris Institute.